Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into a message from Pastor Roger. But before we do, I want to encourage you, connect with us online. Whether that's following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, or it's subscribing to our YouTube page or this podcast, do it. We want to stay connected. And another great way you can connect with us is be our guest on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger. You know, it's really, first impressions are important, and uh, I would love for this first impression to be happy and cheery, but there, I actually have something really heavy on my heart. Um, Rick, who you just saw on there, just informed me that right as we're speaking, he's getting texts from his contacts from pastors in Cuba saying they're getting arrested right now. They're taking pastors right now to jail in Cuba. And so I would really like us to take a moment and pray for this situation. I just want you to, um, if you're uh, a believer or if you're not a believer, let's just lift that situation up because there needs to be some God intervention here. Lord, we just ask that you would have your way in this situation, Lord. We know your church, your bride will prevail. We know that the gates of hell cannot come against it. And so we pray for the miraculous to happen. Lord, if there's a political intervention that needs to happen, if there's, if there's something with the U.S. government that, that doors could be open like this video is talking about, we ask that they would be open, Lord. We ask that the past for the pastors and families, we, this keeps on going downhill and, and people's lives can be at stake, families can be at stake. Lord, I just pray that there would be help on the way. We ask that heaven would invade Cuba, that, that there would be a new, a new season coming for Cuba. And Lord, we want to be a part of it. Whatever it looks like, we want to support our brothers and sisters in Cuba. Amen. So I, I want to give you permission to take out your phone and, or if you got a pen and paper, take notes. Uh, if you didn't catch that link, this is a simple way to, to get involved is that if we can, if we can go in there and support uh, and, and help with this, we want to. We want to. So uh, you can write down S- Senator Jim Rich. Just uh, Google his email because he doesn't give his email out. There's actually an email form. So step one, uh, fill out that email form for Senator Jim Rich, uh, spelled R-I-S-C-H. I'm always scared to pronounce it because it's a weird last name in some regards. Um, and then secondly, uh, let Rick know that you are emailing him. And his email is, Rick, are you here? Uh, RickVanCleef at iCloud.com. Rick Cleef, V-A-N-C-L-E-E-F at iCloud.com. Uh, Rick, would you raise your hand? He's going to be here after church as well. Um, so please talk to him if you feel like... One, everybody can do the email thing. Two, if you, if you feel like you've, it's on your heart to do something more and you don't know what it is, talk to him. Please talk to him. Is that okay? I, I usually don't like starting on heavy notes, but there's some serious things going on. We just believe God can move in that situation. But uh, 
so funny. We're continuing our uh, sermon series, Summer Vibes. Okay, we're going to have to transition hard. I'm going to need some people to help me. Someone say, Summer Vibes. <laughs> summer Vibes. Uh, I got to tell you, I, um, I love summer. A- any summer people in the house that you guys are my people. How about any fall people? Any fall people? Fall is your favorite season? Okay, okay, represent. How about spring? Any spring, some, okay, okay, you got the May showers bring, or April showers bring May flowers, you like the flowers. Winter people, winter people, okay, I don't quite get you guys, but I love you. I love you very much. Now, I actually really love Idaho because we do have all four seasons because I think there's something beautiful in every season that you can enjoy here in Idaho. This is a great place to live, it really is. Um, so... The thing about summer, though, that I really like is that you can get up into high mountain lakes. I love hiking up into high mountain lakes, and summer, it melts off the snow, and uh, my summer vibe is getting up into those mountain lakes, uh, stringing up a hammock, relaxing by the lake, maybe doing some fly fishing, get some cutthroats. Somebody is like, he's in the word already. That sounds so great. What am I doing in church on Sunday when I could be fly fishing? Good job for being in church. I'm proud of you. But pat yourself on the back. Summer day, you guys look tan. You guys have been enjoying. Some of you guys need to get out more. There's there's some pasty skin in here. Get some sun. It's good for you. It's okay. I don't know if I can say these things. So the funny thing about you know good vibes is there's a lot of good ways to ruin those vibes. And I don't want you to You're probably already thinking of that person. I want you to stop that. We're not doing that today. That person who walks in the room, you're like, oh, they're here. No, maybe maybe it's your brother and sister. Maybe it's that one weird guy who's a hugger. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, one of, for me, when I'm going into the mountains, one way to ruin a summer vibe for me is that I start seeing a bunch of people. Like, I, I went up with my buddy Patrick. We went up to a high mountain lake. We were fly fishing. And then about an hour in, we see uh, a crew start to come down. And we're like, no, we're out. We're gone. Because we didn't want to see people. I don't go c- camping so I can hang around everybody. I, I'm getting away from you guys. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I just need a little break sometimes, you know? need a little break. I uh, remember when... Just this, uh, earlier this summer, I was bass fishing at, uh, sna- at the Snake River, and a really great way that it ruined my fishing vibe is that I could tell there was a stinky carp somewhere, uh, dried up, just rotting. I could smell it. I couldn't see it, but I could smell it, and I'm like, well, it's kind of ruined. It kind of hits you like a ton of bricks, like, oh, uh, ugh, that smells bad. Smells, just in general, are, are a way to ruin a vibe. You know that. Uh, you know it to be true because I'll tell you this. When I was uh, watching the God and Country Fireworks, anybody watch the God and Country Fireworks show? It's not a lot of people because it was three hours late. Uh, <laughs> you had to get a... But I was walking back to my car, and then there's this infusion. Uh, maybe you've smelled it. It's, it's the meat processing plant by the, the railroad tracks and the sugar beet factory, and they come together on some Nampa evenings and just, oh, oh, that smells like the Great Depression. I don't know if I can say that either. Um, I got it from my brother-in-law. I, I stole it. It's mine now. Um, or I've done this. 
I've gone to, uh, gone to my car forgetting that I had left fish and worms on a summer day. And you open that car door and you're, oh, Lord, help me. Take me back. Summer vibes can be ruined by a smell. I want to read this. Ephesians 5. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering. Everybody say fragrant. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to Christ. First of all, I just want to give you guys permission. You guys can get loud. It would actually help me out. If you, even if the jokes aren't funny, just laugh. Um, if they are funny, laugh a little harder. It's going to make me feel better, and I'm probably going to go faster because I get excited if I'm having a good time, okay? Okay, this is my title for today. Do you pass the smell test? Turn to someone and say, you smell that? You smell that? Do you pass the smell test? It's a good question. Before I go any further, I got to say, no, I'm not the pastor. I know you were thinking, oh, what, what, what happened to his beard? What happened? Did he shave it? Is there, he's got a baby face. No, I'm not Pastor Roger. They are on vacation. Excited for them on vacation. It's important. Um, and you're, if I say something not smart and very offensive, I'm sorry. Second string here. Um, he's already talking about smells. Not off to a good start. Look, can I, can I get some grace today? I planned poorly that I, uh, we have Nathan who's getting married this Saturday. Nathan. Um, and so I was in charge of planning his bachelor party, and I planned it on a Friday and Saturday before I was going to give the message. That wasn't smart. Um, so I, and some of you might be wondering, can Christians have bachelor parties? It was wholesome. It was wholesome. It was the best, most fun Christian wholesome bachelor party you could have. Look, it's important that the pastors are uh, on vacation because if the pastors are healthy, we reap the benefits of it. And I just want to tell someone who, who's a leader, maybe a, a boss in the house, if you're healthy, your team is going to be healthier because of it. Mom and dad, when you guys are healthy, your kids are going to be healthy. Your family is going to be healthy. I was telling uh, one of my friends, I was like, I was kind of asking him, you know, isn't it, isn't it right that, because I'm not married, isn't it right that you're, when your wife's happy and she's healthy, you're happy? And he's like, oh gosh, yes. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, they say. Yeah. There we go. Happy wife, happy life. I'm not married, but I do have a mama, and I do like to try to make her happy sometimes. Um, let's, look, do we have a picture of the pastors? Here they are on their road trip down to Disneyland. Beautiful family. You'll notice that they're still smiling. That's because it was only hour one of the road trip. <laughs> hour two. Pictures don't look so pretty. Uh, let's go to the next photo. If you want that, that nice, you know, this is the website photo, right? They, they're beautiful family. And you know what? They've been so incredible to me, Pastor Roger, Pastor Kim, and I owe so much to them. They pour out their heart and life, not just into my life, but the life of the church. And, and you guys, um, you know, the, the, the Bible says this, Romans 12.10, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. 
there's a couple areas where it's okay to be really, really competitive. And it's outdoing each other in showing honor. So for just a moment, I know they're not here, but can we just give God praise for them and honor them? We love Pastor Roger and Pastor Kim. They're incredible. They're incredible. We love the Yadens. And you know what? I got a lot of family here today, and I just want to honor them too. I've got some beautiful family. I've got my, my grandma Marilyn here, my aunt and uncle, my mom, Joe and Chelsea, my sister and brother-in-law. Thank you, guys. Uh, they, have, they have poured so much time and energy into me. You know, I'm not just the product of myself, but the product of other people's hard work and, and their encouragement and their prayers for me. Um, just thankful for them. Ephesians 5. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So today we're talking about passing the smell test. Smell test. We're going to make it smell pretty good in here. We're going to try now, you know, you know this phrase, does it pass the smell test? You, you know this phrase, and you probably have seen it in action when moms have babies and, and toddlers, and they pick the toddler up, and they do this weird thing. They do, have you seen that before? They're doing the smell test. They're seeing, does, is there something a little extra in the trunk that doesn't need to be there so they can change it? It's a smell test. Nasty. And I'm really sorry. If there's some highbrow people here today, I am not going to make you very happy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but it's going to be good. I, I honestly think there is something God has for you. And if you just engage for just a little bit today, I think God's going to put something in your heart. And I think he's going to shift some things if you'll allow him to. Just because I'm talking about smells, don't, don't tune out. Let's read 2 Corinthians. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. The ESV says aroma of Christ, the smell of Jesus. I'm asking you, do you have a Christ-like fragrance? When I say, do you pass the smell test? Do you smell like Christ? Continuing on, but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. Hmm. Someone wanna be a life-giving perfume? Life-giving. And who is adequate for such a task as this? Now, the first thing I think you might wonder is why does it matter if I pass the smell test. And I think it's pretty simple. I think it's really simply laid out in the text. The first thing is that it's saying our lives are a Christ-like fragrance. So the first reason why it matters is it's an offering to God. It's for God that we would pass the smell test. It's not for, it's not for other people for the first part. It's, it's so that it would be a pleasing aroma to God. There's multiple times in the Bible uh, before Jesus came where uh, they set up an altar and we're gonna probably have a series in August. Pastor Roger will lead about altars and he might talk about the fragrance coming up to God. I'm not gonna be talking about too much of that, but 
There's moments where the Bible says it's a pleasing aroma to God. It's pleasing. So if you want your life to be an offering to God, that's why it matters. The second thing is others are affected by it. Others are affected by it. It says this, we just read it, but this fragrance is perceived. People perceive it. They can smell it. They notice it. Other people pick up what you're putting down, whether for good or for bad. And if that's not convincing enough, I came up with five smell theories. They're probably a little cheesy of why you should care even more about what you smell like. First one, smells change atmosphere. Smells change atmosphere. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. Because unless you've never walked into a high school, middle school boy's dorm room at youth camp, maybe you haven't noticed smells change atmosphere. You walk into that dorm room and it's like a ton of bricks hits you and it's like, oh, dear Lord, is there no, is there a cologne in here? Do people not shower in the boy's dorm? I'm sorry, I'm going to be picking on the high school and middle school boys because I was one. They really put the scent an adolescent, somebody, uh. <laughs> Have you seen that Drake meme where it's like, it's like, mm. but then the other one's like this? It's like, boys' dorm room smell, oh, but then like maybe uh, popcorn at the movie theater? All right, all right. Or maybe, maybe you're like, oh, the smell of Fresh lawn clippings, yeah, yeah. Or maybe just a barbecue, and you smell that barbecue in the neighborhood, and you're like, I'm jealous because I want some burgers today. Come on, bring it on. Or one of my personal favorites, candied uh, roasted almonds at a Boise State football game. Oh, my gosh. She knows where it's at. You know, if you haven't smelt it, you need to. It'll draw you in. Here's the thing. When, when smells change atmosphere, it either repulses you or it draws you in. You smell it, and your reaction is usually one of two things. It's, uh-uh, uh or, oh, where are those almonds at? Give me some of that popcorn. I wasn't planning on spending $10 on a 50-cent bag of popcorn, but I smelled it, and I want it. But carrying a Christ-like fragrance changes atmosphere. And you, depending on what your life smells like, can draw people in. Or push people back. What does your life smell like? A couple more reasons you should care about passing the smell test today. Number two, you can become desensitized or immune. Some people had some corona in here and you can't smell no more. You can become desensitized to smells. There's moments where I go into someone's house and I know that they have a dog or cat. Now, I'm a dog person myself. Sorry, all you cat people. I'm, I'm, I'm neutral toward cats, okay? I don't, I'm, they're okay. Um, hopefully, I didn't just divide you guys. They say when you're talking to someone, you don't try to attack if you want people to listen. So I'm sorry. Forgive me. Uh, but you can tell when someone has a dog or a cat in the house by the way it smells. And if you've been in the house, you don't notice the smell anymore, Right? But oftentimes you go into a new person's house and you're like, oh, there's a certain smell here. But the people in the house don't notice it because they've become desensitized to it. 
And this can be dangerous. This can be real dangerous because uh, if you've ever been in a spot where someone comes home from a hot day of work and they've been sweaty and then they take off their work boots and it just, that aroma fills the house. Have you ever smelled that? If you haven't, you're the one who've been taking off the boots. You don't notice it. You're desensitized. And someone else has to point it out and be like, you better shower or put some shoes back on because that's nasty. That's gross. See, yeah, you better leave them outside. He's in the word. But the thing is, when you become desensitized to it, you have to have someone on the outside to say something to you. You need someone else's help to point it out because you don't know it. And that's why it's so dangerous to be desensitized to it because you can unknowingly have a smell. I mean, have you ever had someone, um, without you asking, give you a piece of gum, of mint gum, and you're like, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? They're saying you got coffee breath. Amen. You need someone else's help to identify it. So if someone, what would other people say you smell like? Now, I'm not, not talking about your actual physical smell, but do you, you smell like Jesus? Do you smell like you've been walking with the Lord? Because there's a sweet fragrance that should be, be coming from you. And would someone else pass you? If it was up to them to decide whether you passed the smell test or not, would they pass you? We need other people. It's so important to have other people in our life who can say, ah, something's going wrong here. And oppositely to say, no, you do smell good. This is something that I see and I smell and I pick up. Keep doing it. We do need those encouragers. I'm thinking there's some people in here who feel like they don't have much to give, but you've got the gift of encouragement because you see things in other people, you, you pick it up, and I just wanna encourage you to say it. Say it because maybe some older people, you feel like you're coming to the end, but you, you've gone through a whole life where you know like very well, this is thing, these are things that works. This is a, a pleasing aroma. These are not, this is not a pleasing aroma. And you point, pointing that out to a young person or, or a young married couple and cultivating that, you need to do that. We need some encouragers in the house. You need that. You need that. Number three, you don't have to see it to smell it. You don't have to see it to smell it. I was telling you earlier about the carp story. I actually just, I fished there the whole time. I didn't actually care that much about the carp smell, but it was about 15 minutes into being there at that fishing spot before I actually saw where the carp was. I knew it was there. I could smell it the entire time. As soon as I smelled that smell, I was like, there's a, there's a carp carcass somewhere. And see, this is important because you don't, you can't hide this, the smell. Like people may not be able to see it, but they can smell it. We talked about smells change atmosphere. People notice it. You can't hide it. You can't hide it. And a couple more reasons you should care about passing the smell test. Number four, smells don't just appear they have a source. So if you come back from camping and someone notices you smell like smoke, 
it's not that you just magically smell like smoke. There was a campfire, right? You hung out around the campfire. There was a source. If it smells like French lavender in the house, it doesn't just smell like French lavender. Someone went to the store, grabbed some wax. They put it on the little scentsy pot. And they turned it on, heated it up, and it created this smell. There's a source. Bathrooms don't just explode themselves. There is a... I'm not going to go there. I'm 12. I'm sorry. <laughs> knowing, a knowing that there's a source is... It's important because sometimes we treat things like, like Axe body spray for the boys in the dorm when you got to go after the source or we start trying to put Febreze on it thinking that's going to cure it. But no, there's a thing we have to do and we have to deal with the source. We can't just do the cover-up all the time. Someone's like, ooh, no more dairy for us. Or Taco Bell. <laughs> Going to have to have some hard conversations after church today. Look, you just can't spray some church perfume on yourself. It's just a cover-up. I think you should go to church. It's important for us to gather as a community, to hear the preaching of the word, to worship together, to pray together. Those things are important. But thinking a church box or just a little spray Church, that's not going to do it. You have to go to the source. You can't just sprinkle some, some good works on it. Uh, you should do good works. Actually, we, we need to. It says that from if a true life of faith, the produce is going to be good works. But that's not going to change the source. You have to go to the source. And that's your heart. That's your mind. That's your, your soul is the source. Passing the smell test. How are we doing right now? Where it sounds like, that's a little nervous there. I might be stepping on some toes. Having a Christ-like fragrance is important. Pass the smell test. My brother-in-law was telling me about a story about his sister when um, they got a new house. Downstairs, it was basically the cat litter box. And it's, you can imagine, that smell is rank. It never smelled that. It's bad. And the way to deal with it is not this. It's not, it's not going to work. They had to rip up all the flooring. They got to take the carpet. They got to take the foam under it. They got to probably take up some subfloor if it's gone that much down. You got to go to the source. And today, I want you to just lean in with me because I, I want to, I want to redo some flooring of our hearts. And, and this is, I'm only going to be able to probably do a little square footage. Uh, but I want you to be ready for what God wants to maybe take out. Because you've got to go to the source. Don't just be okay with Febreze. But let's dig in and do the hard work of redoing some floors today. First, I want to say that there is a smell I've been thinking about that reeks. And it's the smell of comparison. The smell of comparison. Now, the first thing I want to say about it is I actually don't think all comparison is bad. So there's this uh, quote. It goes something like, comparison 
is the thief of joy. Has anyone heard something along those lines? Comparison is the thief of joy. It's a great quote. I like it. I think it's only half true, though, because I don't think it's a constant of comparison is always a thief of joy. I think it can be a thief of joy. I think, actually, comparison is a really healthy tool if we use it right, because comparison, all it is, is taking two things and evaluating the two for their similarities and their differences, right? You hold them side by side, what's different, what's alike. And this is actually what we're supposed to do with the word of God, is that we're supposed to set it right here and compare it to our lives. And we should be able to see, oh, there's some similarities and there's some differences. And that's how we grow is we say, oh, this doesn't line up. This doesn't line up. And so I wanna wanna be more like Jesus in this area. It can be a good thing. But if you're like me, uh, you probably slip into the unhealthy side of comparison too. And that's what I want to talk about today. So the the first type of comparison is healthy comparison. The second one is judgmental comparison. Just want to make sure, is there any perfect people in here? Okay, if you raise your hand, that means you're a liar and therefore imperfect. (laughs) Darn, it's a trick. I've seen this in my life and the life of others. I was having a conversation with a couple of people about this thing called comparison and what comes up out of it. And the the second thing I see is this judgmental side. And you've probably felt yourself doing this where maybe you're you're overhearing a conversation, you're scrolling through Instagram, you see things, and something in you you is like, ah, that's, that's not right. And you actually feel kind of prideful. They're doing it wrong. They need to shape up. It's, a really, it's really pointing the finger at everybody. And Jesus, I love how straightforward he, he deals with this. And I want to read this out of Matthew 7. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, will be measured to you. In other words, if you dish it out, you're going to get it back. When it comes to judgment, continuing on in verse three, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log? Some some versions say the plank that is in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will clearly you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Look, I love Jesus. I love the Bible. And most of the time, if you're not paying attention, you'll miss the really funny, ridiculous stuff. Jesus is making a really potent point. Um, does anybody have like a, a board or like a plank in the house? Um, is anybody? Hey, Jordan, right on. Came prepared. Everybody give Jordan a hand. You thought you were supposed to bring a Bible. You're supposed to bring a plank. Honestly, that's one of my favorite things Pastor Roger does is take props out of the crowd. It never gets old for me. Um, So here's my plank. And Jesus says, you've got, look how ridiculous this thing looks if it was in my eye. It's it's a very potent point. Uh, It's a little overdone. Um, There's a plank in my eye. And if I were to say, Tom, hey, man, how you doing? Doing good? You can talk back if you want. Just, okay. It looks like you got something there right in the, right there. Yeah, yeah. Now a little, maybe there's something in that. 
No, 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 no. Um, it's ridiculous. Because there's this giant thing that, is, that I'm dealing with, but I am pointing the finger, and I'm not dealing with my own stuff. It's simply a matter of focus. Have you ever, have you ever uh, had your keys in your hands and you're running around the house? You're like, where are my keys? I can't find my keys. And you're asking your wife, where did you put them? Is it in your purse? Where did you leave them? And they're like, in your hands? Or do it with glasses or a hat. Where is it? It's right there. It's because our focus is outward. And so we miss what's happening right here. And I think the biggest thing we miss out with judgment is that we become unfaithful with what God is doing in our world. We, we become so focused on the outside with other people that we miss. God is trying to do something right here, and we're being unfaithful to it. And Jesus says that too much is given, much is required, and that whoever is faithful with little will be given much. Whoever is dishonest with little will be dishonest with much. And God wants to multiply. He wants you to be a good steward of what he's doing inside your life. And I don't want you to miss it with just a matter of focus. So adjust your judgment. Super simple. Just adjust your judgment. If this is something you're dealing with, comparison and judgment, you're judgmental. And let me say this. I don't think when it appears in my life, because I'll be the first one to say it appears in my life, it doesn't actually appear outwardly. Jesus gives an example of, you know, the, the Pharisee who's, who's praying out loud, oh, Lord, thank you, I'm not like that sinner. And the sinner's like, Lord, forgive me, I need your help. And he says, the one who's a sinner and recognizes it is better off. Sometimes I don't think it's that overt in our own life, and so we think, oh, I don't deal with judgment. Most of the time in my life, when there's judgment inside of me, it's happening silently, and no one ever knows about it. But God, God sees the heart. The Bible says, when people look on the outside. So you have to really be asking yourself, is this something I deal with? Adjust your judgment. I, I tell my leaders before they have to have a hard conversation, because hard conversations are going to ha happen. We're all human. We, we're going to butt heads. And so if a leader needs to have a hard conversation with someone, the first thing I say is, look inward. Get with God and pray, is there anything in me? that needs to be dealt with before I am always pointing the finger at someone else. Look inward. Adjust your judgment. Because judgment, it doesn't smell good on you. I'll give you that one for free. It doesn't smell good. Don't pay for that. Okay, number three. All right, is there some people, you guys are getting real quiet, so I'm thinking you're like, ah, is this a pass-fail question? Uh, that I passed the smell test, or can we do like a, are we grading on a curve? Is it a scale? Um, I just want to say, uh, again, I'm the first one to say I deal with comparison, and I have to adjust that in my life. The third type of comparison I think people deal with is insecure comparison. It creates an insecurity in them. You know, there's a, there's a lot of different um, parables and stories and instances where God deals with someone being a judge, as being, being judgmental. There's a lot of great stories that I, I, was, I was reading through. I love them. And when it comes to insecurity, there's not as much very direct ones 
And here's, here's why I think that is, is because what happens with insecurity is that there's an underlying problem. Someone might be feeling, uh, maybe they're having body image issues, okay? And so then they, when they compare themselves, they feel like they're not enough. Someone, someone schooled me last service, well, three people schooled me, um, that there's a primary, a secondary, and tertiary. So one, two, three, I learned that. You're welcome. I told them I'd use it. I was looking for that word. I say something weird like triary or something like that. I don't know. Tertiary. So it's hard. It's like, it's like a comparison whack-a-mole, you know. Loneliness will come up because you see someone having a good time on Facebook and you wish you were, had friends like that, whack-a-mole. And then you see uh, someone who looks really good and you feel like, oh, insecure, I'm not enough, bam. And then you see someone with a bigger truck and you deal with materialism and you're like, well, they have a house too. I don't even have a house. Any Californians like, or anybody looking for a house, you're like, I can't get anything. They have a house. Whack-a-mole, mom guilt, when you walk into the store and it seems like they've got their life together. Seems like they're having more success and you feel stuck like you're not enough. Comparing yourself, it can be, it can be oh, exhausting. Uh, does anybody have like a, a lamp or a light? Anybody come prepared with a light or a lamp? Um, you got one? Hey, Tom, right on. Everybody give Tom a hand. Thank you, thank you. Okay, this is, this is my whack-a-mole set because believe it or not, it's kind of hard to just find a prop that's a whack-a-mole set. Um, I don't know if kids know what those are these days. Um, but here's our whack-a-mole set. Imagine, imagine with me. I, we're going to plug it in here, give it some light. And... I don't know if you've seen this video, but there's this mom who uh, is getting upset at her kid because the kid will not get off the game he's playing. And she's trying all these different things. Hey, talking loud, uh, using his middle name, all these tactics. Moms, you, moms and dads, you probably know what I mean. And it keeps escalating. And then finally, rather than deal with the game and the, the kid and trying to talk, she just goes to the source, goes to the, the game console and just does turns it off. The kid rages. It's hilarious. I don't know if it's biblical for me to feel like, I think that's funny. I don't know. But she just went to the source. And I think with comparison, it's easy to try to play whack-a-mole when all you got to do is just unplug the source. And if you're dealing with insecurity today, I want to give you a couple ways. This is really more practical, right? I don't want you to just walk out with, oh, the thought of, okay, I won't deal with comparison anymore. I want to give you some legs to it. So here are some four, four tips. Here we go. Identify the source. Where's the comparison coming from? How is it getting its power? Right, because it's easy when we have a, a plug here, but when it's not so physical that we can see, it's, it's a little bit harder to identify. So ask yourself when it happens, is it on during social media time? Is it at church when you see another group of people enjoying themselves, having a good time? Is it when you're going through the, the store? What, where, like when, what are the circumstances around when you feel like you're comparing people, comparing yourself? And then why? I talked about that primary issue. Usually 
um, there's something a little bit deeper that's happening. Maybe, maybe you've had a really rough year. There's been some family problems. You've felt, you've felt lonely. And then you compare, and it, it either just increases that feeling or causes another thing. Maybe you're angry or envious because you're like, I want a family like that. Identify what the root is. Identify the, what the root is. That way you can unplug it. Two, become more secure in Christ. This sounds really obvious, but I think it's harder, easier to say than do because we had that windstorm. Anyone around for that crazy windstorm? We had some flags out there that were like, and they're just bent. So if they look a little funky, um, that's because they, they are now, they are bent. Um, but whatever wasn't tied down, it's gone. There was no security. It wasn't secured down. Trampolines ended up like 100 yards down. They weren't tied down. They were not secure. And the Bible talks about Jesus being our rock, that when the wind and waves do come, because they will come, we're with the rock. So you got to know his word. You got to know what it says about you because when the world says something about you and the world sends messages your way and you don't know the word of God, you can't correct it, right? Because you'll have those moments of like, I'm just not good enough. But then you've got the Bible and you're like, wait a minute, the word of God says I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. Like he loves me unconditionally that I was wonderfully and beautifully made. But if you don't know the word, you can't do that. Knowing the word, knowing God. And then also, when becoming more secure in Christ, what helps is if you're around people. Because other people will tell you, hey, no, you're doing a good job. I, I heard a story where they, uh, a friend of mine had an opportunity to go serve, and they were serving around a lot of uh, wonderful people, and it was easy to compare themselves to, to others and think, I'm not enough. Like, look at what God is doing over there. And it took a friend to come in and say, no. You're doing so good. Like the lane you're in, like there was encouragement and we need those people. That's why it's important to be in community. Pastor Roger did a leadership talk with uh, some, some of the leaders and, and we started talking about Metron, this idea that you have a, you have a plot. Paul talks about this, that this area for you that God has assigned to you. And once you start trying to look at other people's stuff, you miss what God is doing in your life and you start to compare what you weren't supposed to be uh, stewarding anyway. That wasn't you. you, you have a lane. So if you don't know your call, uh, you're missing a big thing that can be sustaining is that God has given you an assignment. He's given us all an assignment. And if you read uh, 1 Corinthians 12, it talks quite a bit about the body of Christ and it, it kind of gets like really weird and redundant because it's like, oh, the ear can't say to the foot, don't be a foot because I want to be the foot and the whole body can't be a nose because where would the sense of hearing be? And it keeps on going on and on. And if you read it, what you feel like is actually, oh, God has assigned a place to me and it's going to look different than others. And when you're secure in that, you don't have to compare yourself anymore. And as the band would begin to come, a third thing to help you battle insecure comparison is gratitude. This is a great easy one. Gratitude, being thankful for what God has placed in your life. 
There's always something to be thankful for. And the studies on gratitude, I, I didn't bring them up today, but it's crazy what gratitude can do in your own heart. Philippians 4, sorry, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything. And I, I tell you, if you're comparing yourself to other people's highlight reels all the time, because that's what we post on social media the majority of the time is the highlights, the good things. That's what we want to share. So we, we start comparing our middle of the week, like regular life to people's highlight reel because that's the only thing they're posting. It starts to create anxiety. Oh, I'm not a good enough mom. Um, I need to work harder. I, I don't have a truck like that. I really want that lift kit. Man, I want to go to the sawtooth and fish all day. There's all these things and it can create anxiety because you're not at peace. And this is what the rest of the verse says. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts your minds in Jesus Christ. And the last thing that I think would help you in becoming more secure is this really important piece. And that's the Spirit of God. John 14 says this, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, some translations say, instead of the Helper, it says the Counselor, the Advocate. Don't you want something in life? In life like that, an advocate, someone championing your cause. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. There's moments where I've felt lost and the Holy Spirit has whispered, no, let's course correct here. Let's do this. And it's easy to get really carnal with all these things I've talked about removing security. And if we don't have God and the spirit in it, it's just a self-help thing. But when the Holy Spirit is mixed in, he can point out things, hey, this is an area we can correct. This is a judgment we can remove. This is an insecurity that I want to become secure. He'll tell you those things. If you guys would stand with me today, look, Passing the smell test, it's a hard question. You smell of comparison? I know I have. I will continue to battle that. I, I had mentioned one, I, I mentioned I had five smell theories. Here's number five. I held it for last. Strong smells create questions. <laughs> Where's that coming from? What is that? Look, when you've been with Jesus and you smell like him, you, you walk like him, you talk like him, it provokes questions. What's going on in there? I know them and there's just something, I don't, I can't put my finger on it, but something is different. They start to question. What's going on there? And my prayer for some of you is that you would come out of a red hot prayer session with Jesus and you'd be walking into your workplace, you'd be walking into your schools differently and people would start turning their heads because they noticed something. 
and that the gospel, the good news of Jesus could be going through you, not even by what you say, and I think you should say things, but by the atmosphere you create around you, the sweet fragrance of Christ that's an offering to God. I want my life to look like that. So I wanna pray for someone who feels like they want to first be purified of comparison. There's been that heavy heaviness of always not being good enough or always feeling this tension of comparing yourself. You wanna be purified of that and you truly want to have a life that's a Christ-like fragrance. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. If you just want your life to be purified and you want your life to have a fragrant smell, if that's you, just raise your hand. I wanna pray for you. I know my hands are up. I just want my life to be like Christ, that when I walk into a room, people begin to wonder, you're not this good on your own, how are you doing this? And I can point to God. Lord, I just lift these people up right now and I pray that there would be a purification of where the putrid smell is coming from. Lord, we go into the source. We, we go into someone's soul. The p- things that they've been dealing with, I, I pray that people would start recognizing there's a deeper source that they haven't noticed. And yes, it pops its head as comparison, but there's something deeper. And I just pray, pray for that area right now, Lord, that it would be purified, that it would made new, be made clean, and that it would be pr- replaced with the Holy Spirit and what the word of God, I, placed, I pray that there would be new words placed into people's hearts that they can stand on. And from that source, they're so confident, not just in themselves, but in what God is doing in them. Lord, I pray as they walk into their workplaces this week, into their schools, in their families, there would be a new fragrance that changes atmospheres. In Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and eye closed still, I wanna pray for one more person who's thinking, man, I, I feel like God's tugging on my heart, but I feel like comparison is the last thing. Like it's a it's small potatoes. It's, it's tiny in comparison with all the other stuff I'm dealing with. And I wanna say, if you haven't given your life to Jesus yet, now is your moment. The Bible says the the wages of sin are death. If you've smelled dead things, it's terrible. It's putrid. And you've probably felt a heaviness walking around because the aroma around you is, it smells like death. It smells like sin. We've all done that. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the good news is of Jesus is that he came so that you wouldn't have to pay the price for that because he already did. And all you have to do is accept it as a free gift from him. So if you're ready to have a new life, a new source of Jesus, with every head bowed and eye closed, if that's you and you wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life, I just want you to lift your hands right now. You're saying, I want my life to smell new. I want my, my life to be an offering to Jesus. I see that, I see that so good. I wanna pray for you right now. Pray this with me, make it your own. But Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me 
and rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you and serve you and follow you the rest of my life. My life is not my own, but I give it to you today. Church, say this out loud with me. Say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, there's some people who gave their life to Jesus. I just wanna say that's a sweet fragrance rising up to Jesus. The, the Bible says that there are angels in heaven. This might have been a loud cheer, but there's angels in heaven who are more excited about what just happened than a thousand who are already saved. Come on, one more time. Now I wanna go into worship. I just wanna to respond to what God is doing. But I actually felt like I had a word for someone um, this week and I, I wrote it down. Might be for multiple people. This is for someone who is unsatisfied, but wrongly unsatisfied. You've spent so much time comparing yourself to what others have that you've overlooked and taken for granted what God has given you. You're so envious of what God has given others, you can't even be thankful for what God has given you. The jealousy is corrosive and it's starting to erode the things God has strategically and graciously placed in your life and your circumstances. Now is your moment to turn from them. He's given someone a moment. This is for you, the reason I'm even taking time to read this thing. It's for you. He's drawing you. People are given different amounts and different gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, he says this. He apportions to each one individually as he wills. God is a good father, and I just want you to know, he wants to give gifts, good gifts to you. Matthew 7 says, like, we know how to give good gifts to our children. How much more does God? He wants to give you things. He has something for you. It may not look what, like what you think it looks like. And Jesus says this in Luke 16, 10. I said it earlier. Whoever is faithful in very little will also be faithful in much. Whoever is dishonest in little is dishonest much. And right now, I just feel like there's some people who you've, you've kept, your eyes have been at others around and you, there's this jealousy like I, I've read and you feel like God is telling you right now, be faithful with what you have or else you'll miss it. I, if everyone can close their eyes, I, I just want... If that word was for you, everybody's eyes closed. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to seal it in your heart. If you felt like that word was for you, I want you to raise your hand. If that word was for you, good. I see that. I see that. I want to pray for you right now. We're going to repent and believe God's going to do something in our lives. Lord, we're sorry. We're sorry we, we haven't been faithful with what you've given us. Lord, help our wandering eyes that would look and, and, and desire what other people have and, and that creates this jealousy and insecurity. Lord, we just ask for a confidence of the place you've put us. 
Lord, I believe you're speaking to the few people who raised their hands that he's going to show you, he's going to show you what your lane looks like. He's going to show you what your metron looks like, your plot looks like for you to work. He's going to start revealing those things and listen in, listen in to the heart of God because he's going to be revealing those things to you. Lord, and we, we ask that we could be faithful with what we have. We know you're not mad at us. You just want what's best for us. And we say yes to you. We say yes for what's to come. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, guys, why don't you give the Lord a hand clap and let's, let's jump into some worship. Love you guys. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church to find out more. Well, we love you guys and let's continue to love God, love people and change the world.